What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, study them, talk to other peers about them, and then hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash Ask Father Josh. Uh, once again, I am joined by my good friend, brother in Christ, Deacon Michael Parker. Please yo, yo. say the Parker. Please say the Parker. DJ servant in the building. Uh-uh. Hey. Check, check. Mic- hey. <laughs> Microphone check. Uh, so, Deacon Michael Parker, today we're going to be talking about uh, a question that in recent years, surprisingly, has become controversial mm-hmm. in the Catholic circles. That's right. Can mothers work? So, before we get to that conversation, I want to invite you to share with us a glory story. Glory story, man, that's been popping up and it's been something that I've been raving about um, recently because, of course, with uh, Vagabond Missions, where which I'm the area director for, for the Baton Rouge um, site, the thing is, as of this starting point, what we're supposed to be doing is just doing a lot of contact work. And what that means is that we just go out into the neighborhoods, we go into the highways, get to highways, byways to, you know, kind of learn the neighbors and just to like really start being in relationship and fellowship with them. So ideally, with the way these things are supposed to go, it's like the contact work is supposed to happen for a period of about maybe going on close to about a year. But we've been really like hitting the pavement, the team of missionaries, um, and I, we have a Kendrick's land, we have a Sarah, we have Alana, and like literally we've been like really going out and just meeting the community. And because of that, like it's been so responsive to where now we have the kids who are coming to the parish. And the thing that's really the glory about this, y'all, is that whenever we started like engaging with them by playing basketball and just having fun and just relaxing with each other, that now these students are yearning for for Jesus right now. So uh, the team lead, Kendrick Slant, he, he made a big statement during one of our underground nights, and he said, hey, y'all. What's an underground night? Oh, underground, yeah, underground is basically with us where we just literally hang out. It's a safe environment to be for the youth that's coming a part of this, uh, of this apostle that wants to be a part with us. And we're just relaxing, listening to music. Shooting basketball, it's very relational, like it's just incarnate, just us being around each other. But Kendra gets on the microphone in the middle of the underground. He says, hey, y'all, this is all nice and good as we're eating pizza. We're having fun. But just to let you know that we're here and we love you and we are here to introduce you to someone named Jesus. And at that point, he said, if we have we have Bibles here for you, if you want some, we like just let us know. And literally, I want to say almost all the kids hands went up and was like, we want a Bible. We want to bring this home. So. Praise God that, you know, the word is living and, you know, we have a community. We have youth that are hungry for the word of God. And it's bearing supernatural fruit. I mean, one of the the kids' moms came Mm -hmm. to visit me recently uh, from the neighborhood and and, uh, she was born Catholic or baptized Catholic as a kid but left the church. And because of your your relationships that you're establishing with her 
her kids and the neighborhood kids, she came to see me, and now she's back in the Catholic Church. Uh, so it's like it's bearing this, this supernatural fruit, and it's so simple. It's right. just literally going right. out into the community where the church is at, mm-hmm. meeting the neighbors mm-hmm. who live there, the the students who go to school there, inviting them to share a meal, mm-hmm. play basketball, know their names, and then all of a sudden now they're coming into Bible studies and, Bible study. and, That's right, man. and mass and That's adoration it. and all this stuff. Exactly. And it's just like... It's crazy, dude. It's, and I think about it, man. Think about that carnival. <laughs> that oh, we did. yeah, we dude, did that carnival. carnival. That was oh, so much goodness, fun. That. And so we this year, so we do a, um, a Halloween carnival every year at Sacred Heart. And in the past, it was in the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so primarily, our, our, our kids from our school would go, our Catholic school. But this year, we wanted to make sure that everyone in our community was invited. And so we, of course, invited the kids from the school and the people from the church. But then the missionaries went out to the neighborhood and. I mean, when I tell you, we did it outside too. Mm-hmm. Great, great call from the oh, missionaries yes. to make oh, it yes. public, make it visible. Mm-hmm. We had so many neighbors come and celebrate and fellowship, and it was their first time. Some of them even being on our on campus. campus. That's right. Ah, uh, so I mean, you think about a school, church, community, neighborhood, all together one. as one, as one. And, and then we had just, we had Bible study coordinators yes. like sign people for Bible studies, right. and so people from the neighborhood got time to be part of our Bible studies at our church mm-hmm. because they came to our campus for fun, for food, for <laughs> Amen. fellowship. Amen. So that's the glory, man, that the church is doing some innovative things, and praise God for that. So we need more. Pray for us. Amen. That's a great glory story. Now let's get into today's show. Can mothers work? So this is um, this is has become a controversial topic um, mm-hmm. over the past number of years. Uh, there have been some commentators who have done videos and written blogs and articles mm-hmm. um, arguing one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have even cited some church documents that they were taking out of context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as a priest and pastor, I want to make it very clear. The Catholic Church does not teach that mothers cannot work. Right. Mothers can work, all right? So, like, there's no—it is not the teaching of Holy Mother Church that mothers— so let's be clear real quick, um, just in case people are believing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think when it comes to this topic, it comes down to discernment exactly. right? for, the, for the family. Like, exactly. what is best for our family? Mm-hmm. And that discernment can change over time. I met with a couple recently who they discerned—they both were working— Mm-hmm. They discerned for the the wife and mother to stay home for a season, um, and they discerned wrong. Mm. Our discernment is not perfect. No. We are not infallible. Right. right when we discern, we are not going to be without error. And so this couple thought and they prayed about it, and they felt peace with her staying at home. And then she stayed at home, and it was it was a wreck. Mm-hmm. It was a wreck for her. Um, it was a wreck for him. It was a wreck on their mental health, on right. their emotional health, on their finances, on their family, on everything. It just—it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. They had friends who stayed at home, who, who had who had wives and moms who chose to stay at home. They said, "Well, we could do it too," but for them, it wasn't good. Right. And so they were able to then freely discern. Well, you know what? It's actually best for our family, for our dynamics, for our kids, for both of us to to hold down a job. Exactly. Uh, and so. Every family is different and discernment is different. And depending on the, the season of life you're in, there might be a season when the Holy Spirit, when the Lord calls you to 
to work mm-hmm. and other seasons where he might call you. you and, even, and let me be very clear. Even if you stay at home as a parent, whether you're mother or father, right. you're still working. Exactly. You're just not getting paid. You're still cooking and cleaning and washing clothes and taking care of, of bills and right. cutting the grass and fixing windows. So, so you are uh, a plumber and you are a cook Holy and you above. are a chef. <laughs> And literally, you're doing all these things, so you're still working. But whether you're a mother or a father, in your discernment is what's best for our family. I know families where the mother is the breadwinner for the family. And so the father stays stays at home home. with the kids because it's best for their family and and their dynamics. The gifts that she has that God has given her, the gifts that he has that God has given him, Mm -hmm. what works best for them is that he still is providing spiritual paternity to his his family. Mm -hmm. He's still the spiritual leader of his household. Uh, But in their discernment, it was, was she actually, with her degrees, with her doctorate, she could be best in this, you know, whatever environment, exactly. and I could be best in this environment for this season of life for us, our kids. And so it's an ongoing, ongoing discernment that we have to be in constant relationship with each other, with the Lord, with our environment, with our with our kids being attuned to what are our gifts, what are their needs, and how can our gifts best match their needs for the season. Uh, so there isn't really like a one-way, one-thing works for all families decision when it comes to like should the mother work, uh, right. be working or, or mm-hmm. no, should the mother be getting paid for her work right. or should she be working for free at home? <laughs> I want to make that very clear for all the moms out there who are stay at home moms, you are working, oh, you're, you're, definitely you're working, working hard and you're the stuff you do, working. I don't understand it because it's, I am a celibate man who I live with the blessed sacrament and I have a very nice monastic life. I live in this rectory. Uh, it's very peaceful. I don't right. have babies screaming and crying and getting <laughs> sick, and I'm not waking up in the night to feed nobody. Yeah. I do wake up to go give a sacrament every now and then, mm-hmm. but it's only every now and then. I don't understand how y'all go without sleep. I've been sick recently, and I've been like waking up with all right. my cold stuff. Right. I, mean, I don't know how people can be so joyful when they have to do all the stuff that they exactly. do. Like, I just don't. I don't get it. So God bless y'all. Yeah, yeah definitely blessing. No, I, I commend them as well because I mean, just thinking about it, and I mean, even the mothers that's and they do all the above too, right? So they're like they're working and they're also taking care of their home and they're waking up in the middle of the night because I've I've heard numerous amounts of stories of like um, the mothers who are completely just putting themselves on the line to um, just just to continue to not only provide for them uh, financially, um, just to help along with the husband and father and, I mean, even single mothers too, which I, I've mm-hmm. seen as well. But it's just that shout they take out to all a, the single oh, Shout out to them for there sure. Were, there are women um, yes. who are on the path of being Canada Saints right now who are single mothers. Dorothy Day. Come on, Dorothy Day, that's right. Was exactly. a single mother and Catherine Doherty. Mm-hmm. Uh, servant of God, Catherine Doherty, was also a single mother. So right. there, there's a, uh, a lot of women who have um, been divorced and mm-hmm. annulled or divorced. Uh, and not a know, but who are on the path to becoming saints. So right. you're not alone. So no, it, it is this entire process of mothers working. It is a constant discernment. discernment. And I, I think about it because, you know, as you were mentioning that, and how the you know housewives they they still it is an occupation and it is a job. And I remember whenever I was working in a financial institution, how the the husband of the household, well, the husband was working so much, like turnaround shifts and everything else, and his wife would come in on his behalf to, like, apply for a loan for, like, say, a vehicle or even a house loan. And I remember when I would ask for her occupation, she would say, like, well, I, I just stay at home. And I would look at them reassuring her, saying, yes, you're, you're a housewife. This is a job. It may not pay, but it is definitely a job. Yeah. And and I told her that while she's having, like, babies uh, in, in my office and everything too and the thing is that's i think we have to get to that mindset of not thinking that this is is definitely a a vocation and it's a job uh, for them as well but as far as if they're working 
I will tell you, like, this is something that we had to deal with, too, because I remember that uh, my wife and I, at a certain point in our life, when we were, especially after our firstborn came in and she was on maternity leave and everything from her place of employment. And whenever we started getting to the point to where it was time for her to go back to work um, after her maternity leave, she we started to look at the numbers and we realized that daycare is extremely high. Mm. So whenever we started putting <laughs> like the budget together throughout the uh, for the month and we started realizing that technically with her income, if we were just basing it off of hers versus the uh, daycare expenses, she may have profited only $100 in a month. Mm. So it was like at that point she was working to pay for daycare. Mm. And that's when, whenever it kind of dawned on us at, at that point, I was like, you know what, maybe we should take a step back. And at this point you can stay at home and we just, we'll just do whatever we need to do to get by. And, but even again, that constant discernment, Whenever times started getting rough, rough, I mean, because the economy, y'all know this, I mean, it's rough out here right now for all classes right now. But the thing is, we had to make a change, and that's when we literally had to, I had to ask my wife if she can go back to work again. And there was humility in that. And, I mean, we had to understand it as a team, as a unit, that we had to uh, make those decisions. So a constant discernment of what is going on. So. But also just the most important part of this, too, is especially in a sacramental marriage is the fact that we need to make sure that we're getting our family to heaven. So that's like the huge part of this, taking all this into consideration to figure out the needs on the household and what we can do. Can I share this with you? Sure. I, I, I did missionary work mm-hmm. all throughout formation. Sure. And so I, I've done work in Calcutta and Jamaica and Guatemala and Nicaragua and Mexico and Chihuahua, all, all over, like. Uh, and when I was living in Sierra Taramara, mm-hmm. um, which is in Chihuahua, in the mountains uh, with a group of indigenous people, uh, they in this community, like they lived, they they all lived in poverty mm-hmm. in the mountains, but they really were wealthy mm-hmm. because they shared everything with each other. Amen. I saw an entire. This is a different part of the world uh, for me, uh, from me, uh, but I saw family in a new light. It, it, it reminded me of what it must have been like for Jesus. You know, mm. we, we read in the, in the gospel that Joseph and Mary couldn't find Jesus for a number of days right. when he was a kid. And they assumed he was with other people in the family, which meant for them, the Holy Family, their their family wasn't just Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was Joseph, Mary, Jesus, other aunties and mm-hmm. uncles and cousins, and it was a village. And right. so that's why they could have gone days without knowing where Jesus was, because they, they assumed somebody in the village was watching Jesus. Right. In Sierra Teramara, in the mountains, literally, like the kids would take me throughout the mountains, and we would just go into each person's home as if it was their home. Right. There, there was no knocking. It was we. They shared everything. They, uh, and all the women worked, mm-hmm. and all the men worked, and the grandparents were the ones at the, in the different households who would be the ones to like take like watch the kids wow. while the mothers worked in the fields and the, so the mothers did some kind of farm work and, and, and did some sewing and uh the, the dads made beer and they also did other kind of farm work with mm-hmm. the men so the men and women worked separately but uh but it was the different grandparents of the community they were the ones who who would, who would help to, to to raise the kids and the kids raise, help to raise the kids but it was one big family right. unit it was so different, and they were all Catholic. It was Catholic. It was a mm-hmm. Catholic community. Everybody in the village was Catholic. It was just way different than our, I, I would say, American, our yeah. United States of America right, yeah. mindset of of what family looks like. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes American Catholics, not American, United States American Catholics, right. 
uh, because South America and North America are both America. Mm-hmm. Um, but United States American Catholics, sometimes we look at the world through our lens as if our way of life is the it's only way. way of life. Mm-hmm. And so then we begin to judge other communities based on, well, this is what it's supposed to be. And it has to look like this. And, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't know. Exactly. Because the church is, w- was in... F- the church was in Africa and in Asia <laughs> long before it was ever in the United States of America. That's We're right. a baby country. We've only been around for a few hundred years. And so That's other right. continents have been doing family life, church life, and work life differently. And well. And well for <laughs> and years. Well. And they formed saints that doing it that way right. for mm-hmm. years, for centuries. And so I just think it's important for us to like not get caught up in the the way of the United States of America as our way of life is Catholic right. or, or more Catholic than other ways of life. Mm-hmm. Um, or what, what might work in, in Texas is going to also, is supposed to work somewhere else. It might not be, be that way. And working, so I think right. that we just need to keep that in mind because I, they were a holy community. I mean, mm-hmm. they were so beautiful. They shared everything. Like I, I, we would go pick apples off these trees or, or drink beer with the, this group of people. And, mm-hmm. and it was just so, so beautiful and so Catholic. And you know, it was just, and, and the people, you know, the priest, he would travel throughout the, the, the mountains, uh, and so he would only get to each village like three times a year. Wow. So they would only have mass three times a year. And because I was a seminarian, they assumed that, that we were going to have mass. Yeah. <laughs> and so the people walked five hours Come on, man. through the mountains to get to this chapel on the top of the, on the, top of the hill. Oh, wow. And it was just me, a seminarian, who was not able to confect the Eucharist. <laughs> oh, wow. I felt so, so bad because they were like, oh, we just haven't lose the word service. Yeah, <laughs> but they were so grateful, and we still ha- we had we fellowship, had and we prayed, and I, I preached, it. and mm-hmm. but we didn't have mass. And I just I was like, oh my gosh! Oh. But they then they walked five hours back, so it's five hours to get there. Wow. We we stayed there for about four hours, and then five hours. So it was an event. Dude. And I, was, but I, I just think that simple. It's important it's, for us to not view Catholicism through the lens of like our experience of Catholicism right. as if this is the only way mm-hmm. um, because because it, it is bigger. It, it's, it's way more bigger. So just that, that's one thing I really want to point out. So back, no. back to you. No, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about that with you mentioning it and I'm thinking about how the grandmothers are watching kids and things like that. And I mean, in certain areas too, I notice like where the communities are smaller. They have those same adoptive kind of ways to where it's like that. Oh, in Santa Mall. In Santa Mall, you're right. We, it's, we, it's we right. both have served. In, you still serve there. Exactly. I served there as a pastor years mm-hmm. ago. They had family land. Exactly. And so it was, you live in this house, and your cousin lives on this house, yes. and the grandma lives here, and everybody, like when the kids get home from school, whatever, they go to anybody's house on that property. And it was no worries whatsoever. Like, and it's still, to this day, that's what it is. And I mean, that's just, I mean, that's something like worth thinking about. I mean, just that mindset of like being that in touch with your community or your family around you to understand that it's okay, that everyone's being looked out for. And I mean, even when where I grew up at in Baton Rouge, um, just in, in the inner city, to be honest with you, my parents, they knew our neighbors. We knew everyone on that street. They used to play cards on Fridays yeah. and fellowship with each other. And because of that, I mean, it wasn't, where we can go by and not think that uh, we couldn't, it's not disrespectful towards other neighbors. We would treat them with the same respect as we would treat our parents because we know like we're all one together on that street or in that neighborhood. So yeah. And and even biblically, like whenever, if we understand the word of God, if we understand Judaism as it was thousands of years ago, whenever say the guy would leave home, so the the husband and father would leave home to go Mm -hmm. on a, a work trip, by by boat, mm-hmm. he didn't know when he was coming back home. That's true. So right. he would leave, and it was the community with the wife and mother mm-hmm. would help to raise the child because the guy, the father, 
did not know if he was coming back home because you had you had pirates, you had I mean, all these different things that were going on. Right. So he might not ever make it back because they didn't have a GPS. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, <laughs> oh, well, we, we're going to take a plane ride and get to this place at this time. And so it was always an event when he left. It was like, all right, you've got to hold the fort down, which means that the wife and the mom, in many cases, also had to work exactly. right, to provide for the family exactly. as well. So it, it just it wasn't. I think again, just to caution our, our our audience. It's it's important for us to not look at the Bible and our faith through the lens of of our current experience. And so, right. again, but when it comes to these these things, it's like you, you mentioned, the main points you you, you love your kids, mm-hmm. which in the ultimate way of loving is salvation, but also shelter, education, food, and make sure you're not doing things to keep up with the Joneses. Right. But with that being said, uh, before we get to the saint of the show, I just want to highlight. A number of saints. My good friend Meg Hunter Kilmer does great work with providing us with she's saints. So who awesome. did. She's, she's so cool. awesome. She's so awesome. I love that cool. woman. She is such a <laughs> gift. She is a a great gift in the body of Christ. But mm-hmm. I'm going to provide just a few a few names of a few women who were wives and who were mothers. Um, and, and these were wives and mothers who, in certain seasons of their lives, they chose to work. And again, so uh, get paid for their work. So all mothers are working mothers, whether they're at home or they have a job that pays them. But these wives and mothers also got paid for their work. And they're blessed, they're servants of God, they're venerables, they're saints. And so blessed Anna Maria Taiji is somebody who I want to highlight. She is an incorruptible saint who I'm going to be visiting in February of 2025. You're coming at pilgrimage. Oh, yeah. We're going to go see the Incorruptibles oh, yeah. in we're February of 2025. Yeah. So if you're interested in coming with us, uh, then make sure you sign up. Uh, we're yeah. going to see St. Joseph <laughs> Bakita. Mm-hmm. We're going to see uh, uh, Carlos Acutis and St. Clair. Uh, St. John the 23rd, so many. But anyways, plus Anna Marie Taiji, wife, mother, mystic. Uh, she raised her kids and she earned money for her family through sewing. She had a sewing business. She worked. Uh, blessed Eurosia uh, Barbin, she was a farmer um, and a seamstress. And she had a business. She had 15 apprentices who worked under her at her dressmaking shop. So again, another person in the body of Christ who's a blessed member. Blessed uh, Maria Crosini uh, Quattrochi. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, she died in 1965, so she's a modern saint. Uh, she was a volunteer nurse uh, who worked with Catholic Action, and she was also an author. So shout out to all the authors out there. She wrote over mm-hmm. 10 books. She published 10 books on motherhood and on education. So God gave her these gifts of, of insight into, into being a mom and into the education of children. And he didn't want her to, to, to let those gifts, gifts go to waste. And right. so she used those gifts as an established published author who got paid for her her work, St. Jenna Muller. We all know her. She was a doctor. She was a physician. She was a wife and a mom. Uh, and a few shows ago, we talked about servant of God, Daphros Rugumba. Um, and so she she sold potatoes, right? So she also worked in her community um, by working off of the land. It's not not Catholic to choose to work if that's what's best for you and your discernment of your family. And because we're not perfect and our discernment can be off, we must constantly be praying about this stuff and constantly discerning this thing. I'll, I'll say this real quick. Uh, the producer of my show is Mariah. She's going to hate me for saying this. Mariah <laughs> is awesome. She's a, a great wife and a, a mother. Um, but speaking of constant discernment, she even asked me with this podcast, like when we met last time in person, she said, Father Josh, like, how's your discernment going with doing this podcast? Mm-hmm. Is God still calling you to do this? I know you're a pastor. I know you're a vocation director. I know you have a lot of other things going on. Do you still feel peace and feel called to do this? So it's ongoing discernment with everything. And there mm-hmm. might be a season where I'm like, you know what? I don't feel called to do this right now. Mm-hmm. And I take a break. Right. And then in two years, I'll come back, right? So it's always, we must never tire of asking the Father, okay, now, Lord, now, Lord, what do you want from me? And so 
With that being said, let's go ahead and take a break. And I know I just mentioned a bunch of saints, <laughs> but we're going to have one more official saint for the show. It, so let's stay tuned. Praise God. Hi, I'm Jeff Cavins, and I'm excited to introduce you to the Ascension app. It contains the full text of the Great Adventure Bible, the full text of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and both the Bible and Catechism in a Year podcasts. The app has special features that make the connections between the Bible and the Catechism crystal clear, like color-coded crosslinks and easy navigation. It also answers nearly 1,000 questions from Bible in a Year listeners about the Bible with videos from myself and others, also audio clips and excerpts from Ascension's popular books. To download the app, simply go to the App Store on your phone and search Ascension. I hope you enjoy it. I enjoy it. Carry it around everywhere I go. And we are back. Don't forget, you can just up your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash Josh. You can also rate us and view us on iTunes, Podcasts, uh, and other formats out there uh, to let us know how the show is going. If it's good for you, it might be good for other people. You can share some social media pages. That way other people might find out about the show. So our saint for the day is a servant of God, member of the body of Christ, Dorothy Day. Uh, she was a single mother who worked. She founded the Catholic Worker Movement. She wrote uh, in a newspaper. Uh, she was she was an all-around boss. And so uh, she also, at one point in her life, uh, I believe she had an abortion as well. And so for, for women who have suffered through abortion, there are servants of God, venerables as well, who have experienced that too. And so um, God's healing is for you. God is still calling you to be a saint, and so you have the capacity to be a great saint. So like, look at people like Dorothy Day um, who did not allow anything in her life pr- to prevent her from seeing on God's mercy in the confessional, providing for her daughter, and also serving her community. She had been also, one of the things that I love about her is that she was just like super rooted in the poor and the destitute and the suffering, and she'd been arrested on multiple occasions. Goodness. She was arrested for fighting for justice. And so plenty of saints, including Jesus uh, and Peter and Paul, like they were arrested. So mm-hmm. it's it's a thing for Catholics to get arrested for standing for justice. <laughs> uh, so if you've been arrested as well, she's somebody that you can lean on. Uh, she protested against um, unjust wars and unjust treatments of farm workers, and, uh, and she... Yeah, she was hated by a lot of people. A lot of people called her a communist, mm-hmm. uh, which she was not. Uh, but she was labeled a communist for the work she did for God and for the church. And she all, did all of this while raising her daughter and by being a good mother. So uh, we invite you, servant of God, Dorothy Day, pray to for pray us. for us. Until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>